Coming live from Chicago, USA is our guest this morning. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through the industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And before I move forward, may I request you to subscribe, follow, like, and comment on whichever platform you're watching or listening to this show on. And today we have Jason Ski, sick U.S. Army veteran and serial entrepreneur. He has a degree in finance and has worked as a commercial banker to large companies before this. And he can talk a lot on finances, but today we'll be talking more about entrepreneurship and joining uh, his U.S. military training and experience to how exactly he's running a great business right now and how others can also do this. Welcome to the show, Jason. Thank you, AJ. It's so nice to be here. I really appreciate you having me on and, and such a welcome, uh, warm introduction. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, Jason, uh, in terms of applying military experience to entrepreneurship, India has a large number of uh, people working in the army, in different segments of army, and many are in short service commissions, short service, and then they get retired for whatever reasons or, you know, and... Then they always look for other avenues. So many of them get into, you know, security services and other services of companies. So they do. But in terms of entrepreneurship, several are there. But how can one use their military experience to the best and use it for entrepreneurship? If you can share directly on this particular topic. Of course, AJ, that, that's a really great question. And what I would say is, uh, for starters, I was working as a part of a team of, of people that didn't choose to be together. In most companies, you choose to work together and you can quit and you can go away. When I was in the military, we were in a team of you know 20 or 30 people and we had to work together and find ways to overcome our differences, to, to solve very difficult problems, very physically demanding, very mentally demanding problems. And what I found from that was we would find a way to make it work. And we ended up finding very, very close relationships from that. Um, and then separately, uh, you know, we, I was deployed to Iraq twice, and oftentimes a tool would break for a job or a machine would go down or some problem would arise and there was nobody to come save it for us. And as an entrepreneur, that's very valuable that I learned how to overcome those problems in the moment and make sure that the mission gets accomplished no matter what. And so if you're listening to this show and you're either an entrepreneur or thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, it's really, really good experience to know that nobody's going to come and save you. When you start your own business, when you start your own company or, or become an entrepreneur, you are the one that has to come up with a solution for every problem that can arise. And you know, for a lot of folks that can be very stressful, but with my military experience and, and with yours, if you're listening, it really helps to not to know that that's not going to be the end of the world, if that makes sense. Right, Jason, right. So in terms of see, you were in uh, deployed in Iraq twice, and then you were also stationed in Germany. So, you know, just in a nutshell, what are the uh, experiences that you think one can remember or can use it, as you said right now, that, you know, if there is a breakdown of some equipment, then you look for others to, you know, mend it and also you understand that. Are there other ways that people can look at their experiences during their time in military or their deployments outside or any other experience that they can uh, come out of the 
services and use it. Uh, everybody may not uh, have that skill set or the amount of money required for larger operations. A lot of people are, you know, at uh, middle level or junior level in the military, and then they come out and, uh, and start their own thing. So looking from that perspective, looking from an Indian perspective, you know, uh, how, what can you suggest in terms of uh, using things for entrepreneurship? That's a great question. So there are two other things that I can think of that would help you from your military experience, no matter where you're from. Any military in the world would give you this. And the first one is a very clear understanding of rank and structure. And so you may be right, you may be wrong, but you learn very quickly how to work within a ranked structure. And so because of that, when you go into business, I had two entrepreneur friends that I started my first company with, and we never fought when we disagreed because we would take a vote. It would be yes, no, and no. And if we said two no's, then it was no. And I think that in a lot of civilian businesses, there's a lot more emotions tied up into these types of actions. Whereas with a military mindset, it's very easy for you to separate your emotions from these problems and overcome them. And the second thing that I think the military does very, very well, and if you've been in the military, you can apply to being an entrepreneur, is they make sure that they train you so that the very least capable person that you could possibly find can achieve that result that you're looking for. So a lot of times I think companies expect somebody to be hired or to be brought into the team and be able to do amazing work with very little training. But in the military, they have to be able to train every single person in the entire Army, Air Force, Navy, or Marines how to do a certain task. And so the way they train it is you know, for us, it's like McDonald's. It's like just dialed in. It's step one, step two, step three, step four. You never break from that. And because of that, they have a, an unbelievable ability to regularly reproduce incredible results with not incredible um, labor, with not incredible employees, right? The Most people that join the military, there's a broad range of people join the military, right? Some people are very intelligent and very experienced and other people are not very intelligent or very motivated. And yet, across the entire military, they find a way to train it so every single person is capable of achieving their job. Right, right. Jason, now let's go a bit further uh, backward. When somebody retires, you know, and, and especially when they have uh, given some time in military, not a full service like uh, of, of uh, a proper, you know, so many years, mm -hmm. that what is the mindset between the two? One is who has spent his whole life in the military, they are well prepared for it. They have a certain amount of bank balance. They have certain amount of money. So they don't have that necessity that one needs to get into the workforce or create something that's up to them. But people who are in short service, uh, they know that they need to go out and restart a life. Generally, it can be a stressful thing to think. What is the general mindset? And within that mindset, how does it work out? Do they start planning before? Do they go out and immediately jump into desperately into finding something yeah. or a job? Most of the jobs I see people do in security companies, you know, you become a head of security or any other job that you can get. How do you deal with that thing that's going on in your mind, especially in the last a few 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 years before you actually are about to come out from your service and how do they transition that to the next stage of being gainfully employed or uh, as, even as an entrepreneur 
I am so glad you asked me that question, AJ, because actually, if you're listening to this podcast and you were short service and not a full retiree from the military, you are the lucky one because the person who stays in the military for their entire career, they have somebody behind them to, to come behind them and help them. They have a guaranteed paycheck. They have uh, an experience having to follow very rigid rules. But if you're the person who gets out quickly, no one is coming to save you and you know that. And so when you go to start a business, you, there is no failure. In, in America, we say a phrase, burn the ships. You, you take the land and the only way you know you're going to take that island is by burning the ships. So there is no possible plan B or retreat. And so to those folks that are short service, I would say you guys are the lucky ones. You're the ones who actually know what it feels like to have your back against the wall and have to fight your way up and, and, and to take that hill, if that makes sense. And so it's really the folks who've stayed in that system and played it easy for those 20 years or however long your service is that would have a much more difficult time, in my opinion, to start their own business. Those people may be better suited to be employees for somebody else, in my opinion, humbly. Right. Right, Jason. Now, look at it from this side. Mm -hmm. So they go out, they start something. And then, you know, your experience as a military, one's experience as a military, it's following the rules. But outside, it's a much more of a civilian setup. People are much more, you know, a different way of living, much more, you can say, free to be the live the life they want. Okay? And you see the world from a different angle, much more disciplined manner. It takes some time to, you know, recalibrate to the new way of life. In that phase, when you start as an entrepreneur in whatever small or, you know, medium or larger level, how do you build a team? Because you think differently, but your employees, <laughs> you know, those are from different background. How is that match coming up? Means how will it work? What, what, what you need to learn or what you need to tell them? How do you bring and come to the, you know, same level of thinking to make the business run? Well, for starters, AJ, that's a really great question. And it's something that I think many entrepreneurs who are former veterans have a, have a struggle with. Um, what I will tell you is the way that I was able to try to reproduce that best was by identifying my core values and those things that were really important to me. And they're very influenced by the military. Not all of them, but many of them are influenced by the military. And then when I went to go find my team, I made sure that I found a core value fit. So I made sure that when I interviewed new employees or when I brought somebody aboard, that they were going to be aligned with the way that I view how we work and the community that we're building and the product and the, the, the clients that we serve. And if they didn't, I would either not hire them in the first place or we would eliminate them from the team. And so what that brought up, did I have a military um, team? No, I didn't have a military team. I had a few people who were veterans, but I had to sort of meet in the middle. And by doing, by doing that process of uncovering my core values, the combination of it's actually military mindset and the spirit of the puppy, which is a totally different energy that I bring to the table. And by, by combining those two things, we were able to put together a disciplined team who knew how to have fun and serve the client. And when something doesn't go perfectly, not to overreact. Right, Jason, right. So you see, how does an entrepreneur, a uh, uh, military experienced person, Turning into an entrepreneur, how does he build his core values? Uh, in military, you are a very you are leading a very straightforward line. 
when you are going for sales or your team who's going for sales or doing something developing business then there is something called commissions a lot of places you need to share commissions deal with that aspect of life how does one how should one take it how should one deal with it and weave it around their core values I mean, that's a great question. I think to uncover your core values starts with understanding who you are as a person and as an organization. And so if you're a clothing manufacturer, it may not be important that your personal core values are affecting the business. But if you're a fitness professional or a lawyer or a, a salesperson or even a physician and you're engaging with your clients on a regular basis, then your core values do matter. And so it's really important that you can find first about yourself. You have to understand yourself and what motivates you, what gives you energy, what drains you at the end of the day. You know, for me, I can meet people all day long and spend time in a big group of people. I can talk to them all day. I can run around and do stuff with them. And that doesn't drain my energy. I actually get energy from that. I'm, I'm buzzing from this right. call, which is at night for me. Now you put me in front of a computer and you make me, uh, you know, read, read through spreadsheets and, and check the billing and make sure that the credit card numbers were correct. And that drains my energy. And so it's incumbent upon me as an entrepreneur to understand those things that I do really well and then try to bring in folks that can highlight the things that they do well and that complement my skill set. And so where the military mindset may be my strength, my, my strength, and I keep us disciplined, keep us high energy and keep us on time, there may be somebody else who comes in that is in charge of doing the billing or the accounts receivable or uh, any number of other things within the organization. Right, Jason. You have a lot of energy. Indeed, you are doing the second podcast this evening. And, yes, you know, sir. you you run a, a CrossFit gym in Chicago. You are much, much more into fitness. A lot of people cannot match up to that. You know, even if they are ex-military, not everybody can continue with that same routine. And that's a great thing, you know, to learn because fitness is what is going to take you forward. Now, talking of entrepreneurship, you know, uh, Jason, that several, most of the people, they look, look at security agencies and other sort of stuff, whatever is possible. Many people in India go back to their villages, they get back to farming, uh, and it's a, a, in whatever way they can do that. But many are there, their children are in, uh, in cities, they want to stay with their children. India, we have that sort of a culture, staying with family, you know, with, with when you grow up, your children grow up, you want to stay with them. And yeah. that's a that's that's the way we Indians are. I like that. So in that setup, mm -hmm. you know, you started, you are the founder of Spare and Clover Equity Partners. So that more into finance and all that stuff. Then again, you have a gym. What are the other sectors? Now online has opened up. What are the other opportunities, sectors that uh, military experience people can look at? And, you know, look at the world in the way the world actually exists beyond their military life? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think for starters, you know, in the military, you don't learn how to fight. You don't learn how to shoot. You don't know, learn how to um, protect a building. What you learn is how to solve problems. And in some cases, that's fighting. And in some cases, that's shooting. And in other cases, that's installing fiber optic cable, which is what I did when I was in the military. Or it's digging a hole in the middle of the desert sometimes. But you learn how to solve problems. And so when I think about entrepreneurship, in post-military life, it's just me solving problems. In some cases, it's been fitness. In other cases, it's been consulting. I've run 
Facebook marketing campaigns for myself and for other companies for years. Uh, and those types of things are just me solving problems. And so I, I'm constantly reminded that my military service gave that to me because often I see people say, I have this problem and I don't know what to do with it. So I'm just going to throw my hands up in the air and give up. Whereas almost every single military person that I would have ever met would see a problem and say, okay, step one, let's check the gas tank. <laughs> step two, let's make sure that there's uh, energy in the battery. Step three, do we have the keys? Step four, let's make sure all the cables are connected. And eventually that military person will have troubleshot their way down the order of operations and will find the solution to that problem. And so you can apply that incredibly easy using technology available to us in the internet and, and on our computers and on our phones. So there are automations you can do. You can do e-commerce businesses, which are incredibly data-driven and troubleshooting driven. They're, they're problems that you're solving. And so these are opportunities. You know, there's there's uh, marketing funnels is a famous uh, way that people earn a living. I've done it as well for years. And, and to make a marketing funnel, it's just you troubleshooting a problem. I get right. people to click on a link, they go to a landing page. Then they click another link, they put in their email. Oh, we lose them right there. Okay, let's see what's wrong with that copy and let's adjust that particular part of the problem and we'll eventually solve it. And so this iterative process of working together in a tight team to solve complex problems is much more easy for somebody who has military service that understands this compartmentalization and this ability to troubleshoot problems as they arise. Right, Jason, right. So from a military life, one has gone to entrepreneurship and you are well adjusted. So for, for an individual. Now, the most important part is the family part. Mm. So once your business is running, so earlier you used to be out of the house for most of the time and only, you know, sometimes used to be with family, but there was a routine to it. You come back, there was expectation that you will spend more time with the family. But again, it's a new life. You are out most of the time. You are building stuff. It's like living, you're restarting your life. Uh, you get my point. And then it takes you again out of the house. Relationships take a new form. It, it mm. takes a, there are expectations within the family itself from your spouse, from your children, and they want to be around. But you are talking most of the time about your struggles of business. Earlier, it was not like that. Life was a bit more planned, stable when you were in military. Your uh, your money was coming at the end of the month. Mm -hmm. Amidst all these things, how to build up your not only your business, but also, you know, how to succeed in this business and still love your life with your family. Mm -hmm. And another aspect it can happen is that coming from such a planned life, and getting into such a new life form of life, you start feeling that you are losing grip on life and that you may need to, you know, you don't control anything. You may be a senior person, somebody, you had people under your command. And here it is not people under your command. Maximum it is that their employees who are working for you mm -hmm. and there is nothing to keep them stuck to you except for the paychecks that you are giving them. Yeah. Or if you, if you can show them the larger vision. So how do you adjust to this new format of family, giving them time, business, and still love or live the life that you want to? This is a great question. I love it. Uh, and so I'm going to break it into two parts. So the first part of the question yeah. is, is how to strengthen your relationships while you're building uh, a company, which is a very difficult thing. 
Uh, and then the second part of the question was, I believe, um, how to employ and maintain relationships with employees who are only bound to you by a check, by a credit card, or by a payment. Uh, and so for the first part, here's what I'll say. It is very difficult. The most important thing that any entrepreneur ever could have is a supportive spouse and family. That's it. Because we're visionaries, AJ, and we're dreamers. And so we see uh, an open field and we say, there should be a building and I'm going to put a store in it, and then we're going to do this, and we're going to spend a lot of money before we ever make any money, and a lot of hard work before we ever make any money. So these visionaries need to be able to go back to their family, their wife, their children, and their other family that they live with, and they need to be able to look them in the face and say, I need you to trust me and take this walk with me. And if you can have somebody that's that supportive, I have been blessed to have two different women in my life as an entrepreneur, one of whom was not supportive, and I thought I could make it work. And she was a wonderful person. But at the end of the day, it just never could have worked because it would have taken, it continually would take energy from me. And then I met my wife, Donna, who is upstairs right now. Um, and she has been supportive of my vision every step of the way to the extent where there were times where she was supporting us and, and had to trust that one day what we were doing would pay off. And ultimately, the way that I honor that is by being honest with her and not hiding the things that are stressing me out or the financial positions, because that's where you get into real trouble. It's not when you lose money one month. It's when you lose money for seven months and now that your account's negative and you never told your wife or your husband. That's where people get into real trouble. If we feel like we're in this thing together, then we can take that ride together. And if we can't, that's fine. Then we shouldn't be an entrepreneurial family. And that's fine but I don't think you can force it with somebody who's not supportive of your mission and your vision. It's the only way it works. And to your second question, AJ, if there's anything that I am uh, good at, it's managing a team of people who are not connected me to me for money. I ran a CrossFit gym for 12 years. And I don't know if you guys, I know you guys have CrossFit, but I'm not sure if you're familiar. Nobody makes their whole living there. <laughs> Most of my employees worked for me for three, four, five hours a week. I was paying them, you know, very, very little. I, they were teachers and plumbers and police officers, and then they would work there because they loved it so much. And so what that taught me was I can't treat them. I can't ask them to do things that they that I wouldn't do myself. And I can't expect them to show up to things and not be paid. And I can't uh, ask them to come in on their off days or any of those things that would mistreat them. And so because of that, I developed a team that loved each other. We went on vacations together. I took my team to Hawaii. We went on an RV trip through, through the country a couple of times, uh, you know, and we were so tight because I realized in order for them to, to be the fuel for my rocket ship, I needed to be the fuel for their rocket ship. Does that make sense, AJ? Very much, very much. You have, you know, Jason answered the most difficult part of this, you know, transitions in a very nice manner. And I'm sure this is going to be helpful to a lot of people. You know, when uh, you may be the best master, but when it comes to yourself, implementing them to your own life, it, it is, it, it's a very different Game Very different. Yes. My wife and I were just talking about that literally before this call. We were saying how difficult it's always easier to, to tell somebody the right thing to do than it is to do it. Right, yourself. Right. That's why doctors are overweight and, you know, <laughs> right. and absolutely. lawyers get divorces. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. You see, I'll tell you, I've been on a television background and I should know more about lighting, but now I don't care. I more care, more, <laughs> you know, I care more about content, conversation, 
and all that stuff. It's early in the morning, a bit lazy. But one thing I know that I'll be not lazy in asking the right questions for the audience. Yes, sir. I will try to improve. And, you know, some things are important, but, they, you know, they, they, some things are non-negotiable. So conversation and real content is non-negotiable. So it happens. It's That's the way the life is. The more you know, the more you also know that life can go without it also for some time. But there are some things which should, which cannot wait. Like wow. this great conversation that we had. It was time for us to have this conversation and we had it. And I'm sure it is going to be very, very helpful to a lot of people, not only, you know, in India, but also globally where this show goes. So uh, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for breaking this, you know, whole uh, transition sort of stuff from, you know, from being a military person, experience and using it in the real din and noise of real time life. Okay. Thank you so much for having me, AJ. It's been a real honor. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, with this, it's a wrap on this edition of the KJ Masterclass Live. Have a great day. Yes.